You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hello and welcome to the Special Needs Mom podcast. Very exciting that this episode is the first of hopefully a series of a new style of episode that I'm doing. They're coaching style episodes that I'm calling activation sessions for the reason that the idea is that you get to leave the conversation with an actionable step forward. And the idea here is that as listeners to this type of episode, that you get the borrowed benefits of not necessarily being in the hot seat and being the person that is being coached, but I can almost guarantee that in some or many ways, you'll relate to the mom that is on the episode. And therefore, you can take the steps yourself. I'm all about listening to a good podcast, but... My real vision and dream for this podcast is that it would change your life, is that as a result of listening to this podcast, that your life experience would shift in a way that you want it to. You know, people find me when they're when they're at a low, you know, it's that late night Googling or searching of a special needs mom because they're desperate for something different than what they have. And I think we all get this. We've all been in a place where we say enough, enough. I can't go on like this. And what I invite you to is to find yourself in this conversation, to find where you might have similar stops or st- similar or similar struggles and similar desires. And then take this work on in the way that feels most empowering for you. It may be different than the guests on the show, But I hope that you will consider what's right for you and then step into that action or commitment. All right. Also, if you hear this episode and you're like, gosh, I want to do that. I hope you think that. And what you'll need to do is sign up. There's no cost for these activation sessions. 
The link to apply and sign up is on the show notes. Eventually be on my website, but it is not yet. All right. I think that gets us started. So let's welcome Allie to her coaching call. Well, Allie, it's so good to be with you. Good to be here. Welcome to this new session, this new coaching style session. And I'd love to get a little picture of what your life looks like, especially, you know, as it uh, relates to being a special needs mom. Yeah. So I have three kiddos and two of them are biological. So I have a big sis who's eight a middle bro who is six. <laughs> and uh, my youngest, um, Shiloh, is four. Um, we adopted her at birth and we have an open adoption with her birth mom. It's a really special story. Uh, basically, like my best friend is her biological auntie. So it's like a really cool friend became family situation. Um, when we brought her home from the hospital, um, she seemed to be totally healthy and everything looked great, but I have a background in child development and early intervention. And so I kind of knew some of the red flags really early on and things just didn't seem right, like two months in. Um, and yeah, we went down this crazy journey of trying to figure out what was going on. And I feel like we got we're kind of still on that journey, actually. <laughs> so she got like misdiagnosed with cerebral palsy at first. And then um, they thought, no, like it doesn't seem that way, but maybe it's some genetic disorder and um, just all kinds of stuff. So we got like a lot of little diagnoses for her. Like she was very hypertonic, um, but only in the extremities and then or hyper hypo tonic in her trunk and has sensory processing disorder and um, she's got microcephaly and global developmental delay and just like all these things. So we have also like this mishmash of like <laughs> these little diagnoses, but not like a root answer per se. So anyways, we have, yeah, she's got intellectual disability, global developmental delay, microcephaly. Those are kind of like the big ones. Um, but she's got all kinds of other random little quirky, unique things that make her special. Um, we are kind of in process of getting more genetic testing done um, to figure out maybe if there's that maybe explains a little bit more. Um, but yeah, we are kind of still on the journey of finding answers, but we recently moved to Chico um, where we are getting actually a lot of support. So I feel like our village is starting to round out and grow and it's been really game changing because we didn't have that um before so it makes a huge difference <laughs> yeah i love to hear that your um, the tides have shifted in terms of the support that you're getting um that's amazing to hear thank you for sharing a little bit and giving us a picture so what i want you to do is i want you to picture your life six months from now and I want you to really look at all the different areas that you might shift. You might make them more, you might make them less. And I want you to consider what they would look like if everything would go your way. Like, so if the support would continue going, if all the areas of concern that you shared with me as we prepared for this conversation, if they were all resolved, at least to some degree. And so take as long as you need to think, but if you just kind of picture having what you want in six months, just share with me what comes to your mind. I think the first thing that pops into my mind when you say that, of course, 
like the big the big thing being if any everything were to go my way I think there's this part of me that's like that won't happen ever you know but um if everything were to go my way I would love to see me like find myself again like outside of just being a special needs mom and I might get emotional but I I think it sometimes feels like that is what I am and it's like all that I am and I don't have like resentment about that at all um I I find it really like humbling and I'm grateful and I actually enjoy it in some ways because I do have a background in intervention and child development and so there's this part of my brain that really enjoys like learning and using my tools and whatnot but I also feel like there's so much more to me than just being a special needs mom. And yet it's become so much of who I am and in a lot of ways, all that I am. And so I'm grateful that our village, like I said, is starting to round out and we're having a lot more people in our corner to like support and like take over and I can delegate things, but I still feel like, but yeah, like I just don't know if I will ever (laughs) have Mm. another side to me and I want that. So I think if, again, if everything were to go my way, I would love to find myself and get back to doing some of the things that I love and pursuing some of my dreams. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of what I would say. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, from a place of vulnerability. So if you found yourself, what would change in your life? Like, what would that make possible that's not possible now? Um, I've always wanted to work again. <laughs> and so I was doing that for a while. I started my own little business, but I put it on pause and I just feel like I haven't touched it again. And I feel like in some ways I have not fully given up, but like get keep telling myself like I just you might need to just let it go. You know, Mm -hmm. this is your new reality. And then there's this other part of my head that's like, no, it's not like you can still dream and you can still do the things that you want to do. It might shift and it might look different. um, And that's okay. But like, there's still space for you, you know? And so I have this battle in my head and I, and I think deep down, I know that I want to do something more. Like I want to pursue I I know I have gifts and I know I have these talents and these strengths in me that I'm like, I want to produce something for the world. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's just more that I want to offer outside of just, again, being a special needs mom. And so I want to do that. And I don't want to close that door and just say no to those things. I just sometimes don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I would want to, my like most ideal is to like revamp up my business and like, pursue work and like a a career of some sort or like build my business up. And yeah. And if you had that aspect of you in a way that felt like you were getting as much of it as you wanted, what would that shift in terms of your experience in life? I feel like I would be a more whole person. Like I think, like the first word that comes to mind is joy. Mm. Um, But I feel like there's something that's really limiting 
to just seeing myself as a special needs mom, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it, and it's really unfair. I was telling my husband this the other day, I'm like, it just is really unfair, not just to me, but honestly, to all other people around me, like, it's not fair to my husband because I'm also his wife. Like that's also my role. (laughs) And it's not fair to my two typically developing kids because I'm not just a special needs mom. I'm a mom to them and their needs too. And it's like so unfair that like, I only like Shiloh always comes first, you know, and in some ways, and I have a lot of guilt revolving around that. And I'm like, it's not fair to my friends sometimes because they see more to me. And I know that there's more to me than just talking about that all the time, or always just being so burdened by that or saying no to things because I feel like I have to, you know, and so I think like, being able to step into that dream of mine, or like pursuing more like figuring out more of who I am and what my passions and gifts are, gives me an opportunity to not just find joy, but to become more of like a whole person you know, not just this like sliver of a person. (laughs) Yeah, I laugh because I think so many moms are going to relate to what you're saying. um, And you described it in a cute way. What would you have to let go of in order to let go of the singular identity of being a special needs mom and perhaps step into something like work? I think the first thing that comes to mind is control. Mm. I do have a lot. I feel like there's this part of me that feels like I have to, but there's also, if I'm really honest, this part of me that feels like I'm the best at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sounds so prideful and it is honestly, but I just feel like I know her the best and I do it the best. And I, she needs me. And it's almost like this, like I need to let go and be like other people are so capable and other people want to be a part of her story and what a gift to give her to allow other people into her life that is outside of me to love on her and support her and care for her and our family and so I know that mentally but I think it's this like internal struggle to be like I need to learn to like unclench my fists and give that give that to other people because I think it feels scary you know Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. feels scary because in my mind I'm like but I I just know it all or whatever um I want Mm -hmm. to control the situation it feels less scary to do that and it's a lot less vulnerable to do that um but yeah so I think I need to I need to let go of control is what I need to do um and also like intentionality is the other thing I think of is it's easy to just for me it feels easy to just neglect my needs um and just like place them elsewhere like I'm in Enneagram to like to a T and so I'm like very much like help those around me all the time and it's really (laughs) easy for me to not help myself because it just I don't think about it you know um but to actually be intentional to pause, think about myself and think about my dreams and carve out time if I have to put it on a calendar or do some, you know, put it as a reminder, like do something for you, you know, consider your dreams, like write out a business plan or whatever. I think it's going to take intentionality because it doesn't come naturally to me to do that. Yeah. Great insight. 
Yeah, that's that's wonderful to for you to be able to kind of see, hey, um, this is not my default nature, and which isn't a problem, and perhaps there's some intentionality, uh, definitely. I don't know if you've heard on the podcast, but I've kind of macked out. I used to call it um, the pathway to peace journey, but I feel like that was like too confusing with the program. And so I've renamed it. Um, and actually, it's still in progress in terms of what exactly I want to call it. But regardless of what it's called, it's kind of a, a journey that I see over and over and over again in terms of the path or really the journey we take as special needs moms. And so it starts out with what I call like the stun survival, where it's like, like when you're first learning about diagnosis, and then we're, and everything's new. And, and you know, this happens. Um, sometimes, you know, when they're like, in your case, like pretty close to birth, not right at birth. Um, and in other cases, it's much later. Regardless of when it happens, there's a season where it's literally survival in terms of digesting everything. And then we move into what I call phase two, which is what I call stabilized yet self-sacrificing. I think you're a natural fit for this phase <laughs> in terms of, you know, it, it occurs that you're having actually a very functional life and you have two other children, you were doing homeschool full time. Now you've, you've changed that a little bit, but um, you know, you're, you have a relationship, your marriage, all that, right? So there's a lot of things that are, are very stable yet. The big indicator for this stage is the almost fixation on trying to support our special needs child. And I don't think it comes from necessarily trying to fix them but I do think the underlying desire here is often if I can blank for them, then I will blank. And I think as moms, we are very connected to the well-being of our children. And so how does it sound for you to kind of think about knowing your, as you've described it, your, your unbalanced is there a better word for that? Knowing your overemphasis on supporting Shiloh over your other relationships and children, what would you say is the driving factor for that? If we're just looking at like, not an intentionality, but just like, what do you think by a default is the drive behind that? That's a good question. I, I think a few things come to mind. One, um, so so I, I mentioned I, we adopted her and she her bio mom actually has also a pretty severe intellectual disability and she's 40 now and doesn't never quite got the support that I think she needed. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this like underlying motivation for me of like, I want to redeem her story through her, you know, daughter in a way. And um, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's just sounds so weird, but I think there's this part of me that's like, she didn't get the support and like Shiloh will though, you know, and it'll redeem that in a way. Um I think there's this other part of me because there's this like adoption layer that mm-hmm. feels like, like I vowed, like in front of a judge, I like raised my right hand and we vowed that we would do everything in our power. And I don't know the weight of that. And it's like, it literally is no different. I vow the same thing to my two biological kids. 
So why is it any different? It's not, but for some reason, it just feels this like really weighty, like I swore to do this. Like I would, you know, like, and so I think there's that too. Like that's just kind of like hidden underneath. Um, And then I think it's also partial personality. Like I am very much like a, I will do 100, like I put in 100% in anything. So like, even if it's something really, like I, there's a project in front of me, I will do that project so well, like the best, I, I can't just like have something, you know, or just like, oh, good enough. Like, that's just not how my brain works. I'm not a good enough person. I'm like, it will be the best. I can possibly make it (laughs) and I'm sure I'll critique it still, but like, I will not be satisfied until it's the best. And so I, um, I think that's part of my, (laughs) my motivation too. not like I'm intentionally thinking that way, but like, I'm like, I'm not going to just be okay to be like, you know, for example, like our, our, um, support last year was really lacking And I struggled when we transitioned from like IFSP to IEP and went to the school and it was such a struggle. And her teachers were like, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. And I feel like some parents are like, okay. And I'm just not okay with that. I'm like, no, like I will fight till the very end until someone sees what I see and we can get a diagnosis and we can figure this out and I will find different people to talk to if I need to like it's just kind of my personality um and so I just like want the best for her I want the best services for her and I'll fight to do it you know um I think part of that is personality yeah, I don't know. That, those are the things that come to mind. I'm sure there's probably other underlying things that I haven't thought through. But Well, no, thanks for sharing that and kind of going a little bit deeper there. Yeah, I mean, I think all of the things come into play. And I, I, I guess I want to reflect that, you know, there's nothing that I love more than the power of woman. And I think, you know, the mama bear, um, truly the way of being that has you willing to sacrifice yourself to support your children. And and in this case, in many, many cases for Shiloh. Um, So I just want to say, yeah, badass, (laughs) keep going. And, and actually what's interesting is almost like the work that I ultimately see for you is turning that badass power person who's not going to say no towards yourself and actually making space for that level of commitment and drive and desire and and bringing that to yourself. And as we know, um, this control thing is probably a lot in the way from there. Because I think what we can see, and thank you so much for sharing um, that underlying is likely um, an attempt of redeeming um, Shiloh's birth mom's story. Because what I notice and when I talk to moms, it's like what what's driving them is is sometimes based in fear, but it's not always bad fear, right? It's like they're driven by such a place of commitment of the things that just matter so much to them. Yeah. And sometimes we drive ourselves through the means of pressure and I have to. And even beyond that, if I don't, then... And that's where kind of going back to this step, I think there's a lot in, in stage two, there's a lot of if I don't, then. Yeah. And 
I'm sure you can see the trap in that. It's very limiting, as you were saying, like this I, this singular identity is actually very limiting because it doesn't allow you to see beyond that and to actually, and, and here's why I wanna point out, intellectually, you understand exactly the gap here, right? You understand that if I focus only on her, it's not the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is, <laughs> our intellect um, doesn't necessarily drive our behaviors. <laughs> mm-hmm. How we feel drives our behaviors. And so we have to actually um, tap into that and learn how to engage with ourselves in, like you said, in a very intentional way. And that's kind of like shifting to stage three is what I call the rebellion. I think you're right. Um, You know, maybe in between stage two and three, because the rebellion is when we raise our hand and say, I want some too. You know, it's when we're pushing it back against the lifestyle we've created for ourselves, or, you know, we could also say has happened to us, um, because it it has. Um, And we say, not that we don't want, you know, all the things with your children, but we also say, I want some too. And so especially this is the stage where it's like, oh, this gets pretty dark if we do this for the rest of our lives. So we're like, uh -uh, we, we can't do that. But like you said, sometimes just we don't know how. So I love that you talked about this identity piece because how is actually the easiest part. What we want to work on is who. Just as you've pointed to, you want um, to bring on other identities. And so really it's looking at who you will be that will then ultimately direct and guide the things then you will do differently. And I think, you know, you have a clear idea of like one of the, um, ways of being that you described that, that you desire is, um, this way of being that you would have when you're working, when you're creating, when you're getting inspired, when you're generating, when you're serving, um, outside what you do as a, as a, as a mom. But really that's the, that's the, the shift. And, um, any questions about that before I go on? No, that makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely identify with that. So I want to look at giving you some some options to explore to kind of take that next step in developing the who, we'll call it. You mentioned something, I think it was brilliant. And I wonder if we go with it. And really, that was um, bringing in some intentionality about actually uh, creating some space for you. And before we go further into that, I want to mention this piece um, because I think it's really important. Um, because if we use the same way of being um, that you have been just using by default with your um, with your with your current identity as especially as mom, we might be at risk of coming from this place of I have to and pressure, which is what I heard and in, in from what you shared earlier. It's like there's this expectation. There's like I got to get this right, and you know that part of you is fear. Yeah. And when we let the fear be the guide, usually what that results in is more control, more attempting to get control, which sometimes we need, especially as moms. So I am all about allowing ourselves to use the survival mechanism that we have when we need it. But there's also a time of intentionally shifting out of that. And it sounds like now now is a good time for you. Okay. So... We have this um, this pressure, this um, 
have to that you've experienced. What comes to your mind if you think about, okay, um, if it's, if I don't have to, then what? What would be then guiding you? Guiding me to um, like find more, like find my who or guiding me to continue supporting Shiloh. Thanks for clarifying. Yes. Guiding you to find your who and not just find it. Cause actually I think it's important to know it's not out there. <laughs> There's not something that we get to. I, and I say this because I actually at, at some point in my life really did think this um, is that like, I had to figure like find who I was by like searching out there somewhere. And I don't even know where the there was, but it, yeah. it didn't occur to me that I actually get to choose who I am. Like, it's not like there's not a preset mo like mode that I'm trying to get back to. Um, it's actually because I mean, I think we can look back at your, you know, previous life before your mom and you had multiple identities, and you've shifted. So there's an episode I had um, that talks about the difference between recovery and restoration. And so we're not trying to get back to any, any place that you were ever, um, we might use parts of that to build into the new, but essentially we're making a new you. Yeah. Um, not that the, there was anything wrong with the old you, but we're restoring that. It's like this beautiful piece of furniture that's now been, been refinished that has all those, those nicks in the character. You're bringing all of that with you, but we don't have to go backwards to find it. Yeah. So what was my question? I said, okay, if we don't have, have to, if there's no pressure, if there's no rush, like if we don't have to figure this out, even in six months, just what comes to your mind? If you think about like, what would actually make this easy or feel very natural for you? I think, I think two things come to mind and I'm not sure if this is quite answering your question properly, but um, I think the motivation of this is not just for me. Again, maybe this is coming from like Enneagram 2, <laughs> two mindset, but the motivation of like, I'm not just, I am doing this for me, but this doesn't just benefit me. Like this benefits like my children, my husband, my friends, my family to like pick who I get to be and find more of like my joys and passions and taking the time to do that and discover or rediscover or reinvent or whatever who I want to be beyond a special needs mom is going to be so good for my soul, but also will benefit all those around me, you mm -hmm. know, because I will be a more, a more whole person and a more mm -hmm. joyful person. Um, and so that to me feels really motivating um, to like have that as a factor, because I think it's easy to be like, okay, I have the intentionality in place and I have, you know, like my village to like delegate things to, but there's this, because of that control and because of that pride and because all those things, there's this like inner guilt, you know, mm -hmm, or because mm -hmm. of that fear that you were saying, like, there's this guilt that you're like, oh, like I shouldn't, you know, and it goes back to like, you have to, well, it's the opposite of have to. It's like, well, like you should not, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I sh that's, 
it feels wrong, you know, to like, it, it feels almost like you're neglecting something else that's of more importance. Mm-hmm. But I think if I kind of am like, okay, like I, I get to now <laughs> pour into myself. It is not just for the benefit of myself and it is, but it's also for the benefit of all those around me. And that to me is really motivating, you know? Um, and then I think, you know, you were saying, if you don't, if you don't, if you kind of release yourself of that pressure and you don't have to or whatever, like what's really a natural motivator. I think another thing is just like time. Like, I think it's easy for me to just like fill all my time. Like, here's a great example. I have a bind. I like started the process. Like I, cre- I created a great binder for myself. That was like my business plan. I filled out all, I like, I printed out all these great p- pages of like, okay, like let's like map it out and write my dreams and goals and like just mapped out. And I have it in my little, like, you know, work bag ready to go. I haven't touched it because I am trying to fill out respite care paperwork instead and fill out assessment forms and eval forms and they feel so much more important and there's a mm-hmm. deadline to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, it'll wait. And then I finish all this work for Shiloh and then I open up my backpack or I open up my work bag and I just see this like blank business plan binder waiting for me. And it just feels like I'll never get to it. But to feel this like there's no great hurry or rush but like at the same time like it is waiting for you like you know your dreams are waiting for you and they are there but you do need the time to like do it you know so like carving out that time and to not feel this pressure of like I have to do it or I never will or whatever like I think that um yeah I don't know I don't know if that quite answers the no um it's it very much, um, I don't know if it answered that question either, but I think it helped me, which doesn't matter. Um, really, because what we're doing is just we're creating awareness. Um, we're looking at kind of how um, how your default brain is working and, and we're looking at maybe some opportunities to help it shift into a different gear. What I heard when you were describing this experience of basically either you do your business plan or you do something to support your daughter, your daughter is going to win every time. Yeah. Because remember back to that lear- learning that you're trying to redeem her story. And I, I do think that ultimately it's related to your safety, um, deep down safety, right? Like, is my family going to be okay if, if, if I get Shiloh to be uh, well-supported or whatever it is that you think she might need? Um, that's where kind of your, um, your brain is thinking that there's like, okay, there's a place we can get to that's safer than here. Let's do that. And it's like your business plan, that's fine, whatever. We'll do that eventually <laughs> when we have time. And usually when, so when we have time stuff come up, um, it often points to an underlying way of thinking and, and being that um, is it helps expose some thinking that we might want to revise. And for you, what I see is, which is very common, um, I think there's areas that we all fall into this, is an either or thinking. So it's either you or your daughter or your kids or your husband. Mm-hmm. And because again, back to your nature, your personality, they're going to win every time. There's never going to be a time where you're like, you know, it's better to take care of myself right now because you're always going to go back to like either them or me. So the opportunity for you to to really move into 
is to shift to um, what my, my coach friend and I always joke about this, um, to shift into a both and mm-hmm. to recognize that it is possible for you and your children and your husband to have the whatever it is that, that you want. What comes up when you think about shifting to, to both you being okay and your family being okay? The first word that pops up in my mind is thriving. <laughs> mm. When we are, yeah, I, I, and I do see that as a family, we are shifting in that direction. Like we are moving in that direction. Um, like we are putting things in place so that we can we can thrive as a family. And I, I see that. I see like the little like <laughs> sprout, you know, coming out. And I, and I, and I think I do have a lot of hope that like that sprout is going to grow and like be this beautiful tree and like strong and sturdy and like flourishing. And I have a lot of hope for that. It's just like, I think I also, I also think like, okay, well, in order for that to happen, in order for the, us to have like a strong, sturdy tree and it be flourishing, there also needs to be a lot of like work that goes into like making that happen. Like it won't just happen overnight. And so I think right now it feels like we are in the like, like, you know, toiling to like get that there phase of like, you know, we've never had respite care before. And now we are starting to figure out let's get every hour that we can get that we qualify for so that we can put that into place, you know, and it takes work to get that and like make sure that it's all squared away, but we're working towards that, you know, or um, I'm training for a marathon right now, you know, and I'm like, I am going to do that for me because I enjoy running. It's a great outlet. It's good for my mental health. And so I'm carving out the time to do that, you know, and I do myself a little bit more happy and, mm-hmm. you know, have more capacity. And so, and my husband's in a better work situation and this and that, whatever. So I just feel like we are like slowly putting like, you know, the things that we need to into place so that we could be there. Um, and I feel like we will get there. It just feels like it's a bit of work. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to, I want to continue with a picture that you described It's like, there's this, you're like, you've prepared the soil to have this big, beautiful, flourishing tree. And I picture you continuing to run around to pull the weeds to try to like, basically control it into being like, okay. Yeah. And so I want to, um, I want to present several different options. You don't have to take them all, but I will ask you to commit to one, like for what feels right to you. Um, in terms of, uh, taking some of this awareness of that, recognizing, okay, yeah, like you're really, uh, uh, yes, trying to control a lot and yes, um, kind of putting yourself against, um, you know, your everything else, um, by being in this either or space so that, um, instead of having to work really hard to have your tree flourish, you can actually just allow it to grow, allow it to happen there's actually not a lot of work to make a tree grow. So I, I love your example. Um, it's actually very simple, which is funny because my background's in horticulture. Okay. My first career. Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind is um, 
creating a structure that's sufficient to your resistance in terms of in terms of carving out time for your business. And just like you've carved out time for your for running, for training, I want you to and whether this is 5 minutes or 30 minutes, it doesn't matter. Because you're going to have to practice the same amount of discomfort whether you do 5 minutes, 30 minutes or on all all day of actually stopping your default, which is all the things you've mentioned and shifting into actually being intentional about showing up for you just because you want to, right? Just because this thing is important to you. And it's going to require you to trust that if you do this, everything will also be okay. Yeah. What I mean by a structure sufficient to your resistance is like, obviously you have resistance against um, not doing things for your family. My recommendation is to have a high level of what we would call accountability around it. So uh, it can look a lot of different ways you get to decide, but it could be saying, okay, Kara, after this call, I'm going to figure out a time I'll text you and then I can follow up with you on that. Or you could say, okay, my, I'm going to tell my husband, my husband's going to keep me accountable. Um, not from a place of like, oh my gosh, you have to, but just as a place of like, it's like sufficient. It's like when I sign up for the gym, I go because I'm signed up. I'm going. Yeah. Um, if I can just show up whenever, like I would never go. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, I'll just go next. Oh, tomorrow sounds a lot better today. Um, so that's one option. And I think um, another option would be less tangible, but really more practicing the way of being to help the, the who come forward. And think that looks like really um, noticing when you're coming from the energy of control and just asking yourself, what am I willing to let go of right now? And just checking in. It's a way of checking in with yourself. And if you notice that you're coming from control, we don't necessarily know what that is that you're going to come from, but it creates a space for an opening for you to try on a different way of being that's not this... um, you know, especially his mom, like running all over the garden, weeding, weeding, weeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, you can kind of choose. And I will ask you to to decide on what feels right for you. But I would say that um, those are, I think, some good starters for you. Yeah. What do you think? Honestly, I feel like both. <laughs> Oh, oh, there you go. You got it. Oh, my little, my little coach heart is just overflowing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think inviting people into this process is really helpful. It's not only good accountability, but I think there's something about verbalizing your dreams and verbalizing, like saying out loud, like I, you know, I want this. And so, yeah, I, I like that idea of like, okay, when I sense this need to control, like how can I ask myself, like, what can I let go of? And I think another question that popped into my mind when you said that is when I feel this need to control, asking myself, like, what would happen if I didn't? Oh, good question. Because oftentimes I think I have to do this, like you said, but really it's like, okay, pause. (laughs) What would happen if I didn't? Honestly, nothing too bad. Like, it's honestly not a big deal. Like, you know, and I'm making it a big deal. But the worst case scenario, like, you know, whatever, like, it just, it's honestly, usually not a big thing. And as as big as I make it to be. So taking the time to pause, 
and either asking like, what can I let go of or asking myself like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, like, mm, great. I love it. Kind yeah. Of helps me shift perspective or like see this lens. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't need to control this right now. You know? Mm, so good. Yes. I really love what you see there in terms of like really questioning yourself, pausing to question. Um, so helpful. And I'm excited that you're going to take that on. So will you, after this call, decide when you will have your first session with yourself to work on business stuff? Like I said, you, I mean, it can be any length of time that you decide, but I do want you to decide and, um, and keep it right? Like, I mean, yes, if, you know, people are in the hospital, certainly you can reschedule and re-promise on, on when you'll do that. I want you to consider that it's an appointment for your daughter that you've been waiting for for six months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're going to get there. Okay. You're going to say sorry to like all the things. I can't do that right now. Yeah. And so that's what we want to kind of relate to it that way. Again, not from a have to, but really from, hey, like this is my commitment. Okay. Well, that I think is a good place to wrap up. And I will um, look forward to hearing how that goes for you. And we'll follow up on that. And is there anything that you want to just share um, in terms of what you're taking from this before we wrap up today? I think the only thing I could think of, and just as an encouragement to honestly, all special needs moms is just like, you matter, like we mm -hmm. matter, you know, and there is more to us than just our special needs kid, whether they are your only child, or in my case, I have three, you know, two that are typically developing. And, um, but you're so much more than that. We are so much more than that, you know, and to be a whole person is more than just a gift to yourself. It's a gift to your family, <laughs> to your special needs kid and to like the people around you, you know, and so I think that's what I'm walking away with today. And I hope that other people can, you know, walk away with that too. So amazing. And for those of you that know the Enneagram, that is a spot on Enneagram two answer <laughs> to see how she was helping you while she was on her way out. That was beautiful. Um, well, thank you so much for, for jumping on this call and for being willing to um, share yourself with this community. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.